It's the Finding Joy podcast. Thank you so much for joining us as we are shining a spotlight on the joy that exists in the lives of people all around us. And on this week's episode, we're going to talk to a friend of both myself and Jerry yeah. that we we work together on Long Island. Her name is Lila McKenzie, and she has got such a fascinating story and unfortunately a sad story because she recently lost her dad to COVID-19. Now, Lila lives on Long Island, and Long Island, New York City is the epicenter yeah. of, of the mm-hmm. outbreak there with thousands upon thousands of people losing their lives to this virus. And Lila shares her story and how how her faith in God helps her get through all of this. Yeah, yeah. And you'll find as you hear this conversation with Lila, which once again is on Zoom because of uh, social distancing, and plus she's in Long Island, so that'd be kind of <laughs> hard to, Plenty you of know. distance there. <laughs> anyway, but what you will find uh, in Lila, and Jerry mentions this uh, later on in the interview, is uh, her attitude through all of this is just remarkable, mm-hmm. you know, that she can uh, hang on to her faith and remain hopeful despite the fact that COVID-19 took her dad. So let's go to that conversation we had with Lila after about 20 minutes of technical difficulties. <laughs> right. <laughs> we finally got connected with Lila on Zoom. Lila McKenzie is our special guest today on the podcast. Welcome, first of all. Well, thank you. And you are on Long Island. What town are you in? I am in Ronkonkoma. Oh, good old Ronkonkoma. Uh, Ron I remember that train station very well. <laughs> yep, I, I live close enough to walk there. Oh, really? Okay. Yes. Lila uh, worked in radio with me at a station on Long Island, WLIX. I was there from 88 to 95. hate to admit that I was working that early, and, and Lila was there when I got there. And then Lila also worked some with Rob. Who yes, was working, at, uh, at WALK on Long Island, the number one. Uh, as Bobby Pops, Knight. Uh, Bobby Knight, yes. <laughs> he was our traffic reporter. That's right, Skywalk, yes. Skywalk 2, I believe. That's right. I don't know if you realize it, Lila, but back then, you were a pioneer. Oh, thank you. You were the, pro- you were the production director mm-hmm. for WLIX, right. which was a position that at that time, I don't know many female production directors in any kind of radio let alone Christian radio. Yeah. Matter of fact, I still don't know. I don't know any either. I couldn't yeah. name any. I'm sure there maybe have been some. Have you ever run into a female production director in radio? It's not common, I guess. It well, is not. females in not. general are not common in radio. I mean, when you think about the ratio of female announcers even to male announcers, you know, there's usually one, maybe two at every station. And certainly in production, you know, they maybe have one or two female voices that happen to be at the station and they just kind of throw them in the production room and say, read this. One of the things I remember Lila for the most is Kelsey was born when we were on Long Island during this time. And we had to, we had scheduled to go into the hospital early one the morning that she was born on March the 12th. And I think they were going to induce labor because she was a little bit late. And so we had Lila come over and spend the night so she could be with Caleb and help Caleb get up and get ready and go to school in the morning because we had to leave for the hospital at like four o'clock in the morning. And you know what's interesting about that is um, when you look at the different stations that you've worked at, radio people, we become a family. And it, it doesn't matter any station that I've worked at from Maine to New York, we become a family. So you're not just the guy who does the mornings 
you're just like my brother. So to be there mm -hmm. and, and to, to help you out, like at that time was like, you wouldn't even think twice about saying, and people, you know, New Yorkers get a bad rap. They, they do. Cause people think, oh, they're, you know, they're mean and they're whatever, but it's not that they're just thinking about a million things that they have to do. So sometimes they're not paying attention to you. But in general, I've found New York people to be very warm and welcoming. And to this day, some of the friendships that I've made, even, uh, and we're going to talk about my father's death, those radio people are still writing to me, still, you know, what can I do for you? How can I help you? I mean, so they've really been a great family to me, no matter what state I'm, a, I'm and I'm still friends with people back in New Hampshire and Vermont. I still keep in contact with them because radio is so small. Like who would have ever thought that both of you would be in Atlanta? What if I moved to it? <laughs> right. I know. I could come here and say, listen, can, you know, get me in to the station because, you know, you know, my reputation, you know how I sound and and you know me already because I've worked with you mm -hmm. with, uh, you know, I haven't had the. Uh, been fortunate enough to work with Benji, but I've worked with the both of you and it's it's a family. That's what it comes down to. So you just it, do whatever you're asked to do. You know, can you help? Sure. Sure. And that's right. been my experience in radio, too. I know I came along into the industry a little bit later than you guys, but that's been my experience. You know, I, I feel like sometimes bigger radio groups, you know, you can get into larger markets, but as long as, you know, you've got a smaller staff and people that are passionate about what you want to do. I mean, you're all of one mind and mm -hmm. one, one direction with, with what you want to do and, and everybody's, you know, on a team. So I, I, I don't know if that's what you're describing there, but yeah. I feel like yes. it is. It was, and I remember it that way at walk, because even though we were the biggest station on Long Island for years, we still had that family mentality. And you remember that, Lila. I mean, all, everybody that we were with, April and, and Susan Murphy, the news director, even the owner, Alan and Ellen Beck. They were there. You know, we were all one tight-knit group, and that was the cool thing about that back then. Well, and I think that's even more true when you talk about Christian radio. It's a, mm -hmm. it's a smaller universe. Yes. And so you wind up working with a lot of the same people in multiple places, or at least you keep in contact with them. And not only is, can I help you, but what can I pray for you about? What can I pray about for you? What, what are your spiritual needs as well as what are your physical needs? And I have to tell you, I know you had said your podcast was about finding joy. One of the things that has been so uh, helpful to me and a, a blessing to me has been Christian radio, because as you know, on Long Island and in New York City, we have had no Christian radio here since WLAX, the station we worked at, went out. I mean, they had like a small station, but they did more maybe gospel type music. Like there was no Christian mm -hmm. contemporary radio. And so, you know, a national radio station came in that's Christian radio and I resisted. I did not want to hear <laughs> the national station, but it came on a local, what used to be PLJ. Rob, I think you might even have done some reports for them. I did some traffic for them it as well, came, yeah. It's on their frequency now. And at first, like I said, I resisted, but then I have a long drive to work. So I said, I'm going to put it on one day. And I found that when I got to work, that I was in a much better mood because I was, you know, singing along and and um, 
And then when I'm home, I have, um, you know, one of those devices, you can just say play this and it plays it. And I listen to another Christian radio station that I like very much. I have it on. I have it on very low, like, well, because, you know, I've been working from home now for many weeks. And I'll just have it on low so that I can just hear it. And I sing along sometimes when I'm typing. I just find that my overall mood is lifted. It's just lifted. And through all I've been through in the past probably year, since I brought my father to live with me, um, which as an adult child, it that is not an easy thing to have a parent come live with you because you have to remind them, this is my house and I make the rules here. <laughs> you know, um, this is not your house. You know, I've really, uh, if it wasn't for Christian radio, honestly, I don't know how I would have survived the past year because it's just that music that makes you sing and 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 all of a sudden you just feel yourself you're not down in the dumps anymore you're you know raring to go so um christian music has been a joy for me for the past especially mm. in these past six weeks probably tell us a little bit about what brought your dad to live with you how that progressed and then how long has it been since he passed just a couple of weeks uh, right? he he actually passed away on april 3rd he had been here back in 2016. He had fallen. He was at home in Maine um, and he was all by himself. And I'm 13 hours away. I can't, you know, I can't check on him. I don't know if he's eating right. You know, we have a little clinic in my tiny little town. And the nurse practitioner there was actually in my class in school. And she called me and she said, you got to come home and get your dad because he's not eating and so I brought him here to live with me and he did not like New York he thought he would watch <laughs> the news all day which is on a loop by the way we have a news station that's on a loop every hour it's the same news and he would think you know that the crime that happened at 8 a.m. and then it was still happening at 2 2 p.m. He, <laughs> he thought it was different ones all day but it was the actually the one crime uh, so he didn't like it. He wouldn't go outside the house. His big observation was there's too much traffic and everyone wears hoodies. <laughs> <laughs> he thought everyone looked like a criminal. But, um, you know, in, in our little town, people don't always lock their doors. They don't, you know, it's a totally different environment than here. So he wasn't sure he liked it too much. And he got better and he ended up going back to Maine. And then in 2018, he started getting sick again and they called me again to come get him. And at that time, I was having a very, very hard time at my job. Now, when I left radio, I was working in law and I, I was working at a medical malpractice firm and I worked there for many years. And then I was going to school for computers. So it, I had gotten a degree in computers and I had been hired by our computer guy from the firm they did like outsourced IT for law firms. So I was doing that for many, many years, but I'd been there 10 years and I was very unhappy, but being paid very well. So what do you do? You stay in your job because you're being paid very well and it's expensive to live here. Mm -hmm. So I was there and I was miserable. And then my father got sick and I ended up, um, New York had instituted this paid family leave thing. So you could be off for eight weeks of your job 
and they would pay you half of your pay, which does not cover your expenses. But I went home to Maine and during the time I was there, I really was at a crossroads of what do I do? Do I bring my father back to live with me, which is going to change my whole life? Do I put him in a facility here in Maine, which I didn't want to do because I'm an only child and I just felt that that would be letting him down. And so I really struggled. I was having such a hard time and I was praying constantly and Lord, what do you want me to do? And I always felt like, you know, one of the verses that was so important to me is the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. And I would say, Lord, you got to show me. I mean, like you got to make it so clear to me what you want me to do. So I ended up saying to him, you're just going to have to come back with me. You know, and if and you get better, then you can come back home. So I brought him down here with me and I was struggling in my job and I was having such a hard time. And I was like, Lord, <laughs> I just don't know what you want me to do. You know, so I had tried to get back into and this will be interesting later in the story. I tried to get back into a law firm and I couldn't, you know, they told me we can't afford you basically. And then I tried to get into another law firm where there was somebody I knew, but they were like, we can't afford you. I'm like, okay, what am I going to do? I just need to. And I told my father one day I'm going to come home and I'm going to say today was the day. And you're going to know that I just couldn't take it for one more minute. And so I did, I came home one day and I said, it was president's day weekend of last year. And I said, I quit. And my father, you could see the worry come over his face. Like, what are we going to do? You know, why did you go crazy? <laughs> and um, I said, you know what? I know that I know that I know that I'm a smart girl. I know my steps are ordered. I know God has something for me. I just don't know what it is. So it was President's Day weekend. And uh, it was the Friday. And on Monday was a holiday, right? So all the whole weekend, I just relaxed. I didn't do anything. Then come Tuesday, I revamped my resume and I took five hours to, to the next day, sending it out to any job I thought I could possibly do. And the same thing. So Tuesday, Wednesday, I did that. Thursday, I got a phone call from a law firm. Friday, I had the interview. Monday, I got the job. Wow. And wow. it has been, this law firm, these people in this law firm, have been the biggest blessing to me personally, that there's been days when I've sat at my desk and I have literally cried and said, I know that God put me not only in this law firm, but in this particular chair between these two ladies who are just such a blessing to me. I have favor now with my, the office manager. Uh, he just, I guess, was amazed that I could do all these other things in the firm because I've done it all. The same thing in radio. I did every job in the radio station. I did every job in the law firm. And I also worked in computers so I can help them with their software and, and those kinds of things. And he's just blown away by how I came in for one job, but I'm actually now doing all these other jobs because I can, you know? And so then when it came time when the coronavirus hit New York and it came time to work from home. We originally split the office in half and we were going to do like every other day. And then Governor Cuomo said, nope, you got to drop it down to 25%. So we split into groups of five people 
and we're only 20 people. So five people in a big office, you're not that close to anybody. Um, but then they were like, nope, everything is shut down. And so I came home and I was like, what am I going to do? Like, what if they can't pay us? What if we can't continue working? What's going to happen? I can't afford this house if I'm just on unemployment or whatever. And this is where those other law firms come into play. The weekend of the first week that we were told to work from home, I got a lovely email from the senior partner of the firm who said, the partners of this firm have planned for an occasion such as this. Do not worry about your salary. You will be paid full salary for as long as we can possibly do it. Mm. You, you know, whatever you need to do from home, please do it and you're going to be paid full salary. Those other two law firms laid off almost their entire wow. Uh, wow. staff. So God knew where I was supposed to be. He shut those doors mm -hmm. so that he could open the right door for me. How much more blessed could I be than that? But then I got the news. They had called me from, I had put my dad at some point he got very ill and he was in the VA hospital here in New York for, for two months. And they told me there's no way he can go back to your house. You have to find some sort of facility. I applied for the veterans benefits. I was able to receive them. I put him into a, um, an assisted living facility and I thought he would be mad at me, but he wasn't. He actually loved it because he had people his age. He had three gentlemen that he had at his table every day. And if he didn't show up, like they'd tell one of the aides, go check on him. Where is he? How come he's not here? And he had good conversations with them. He was provided with three meals a day, you know, that he didn't have to make when I was at work. <laughs> um, and he loved it there. He loved his room. It was really beautiful. And so he was having a really good time there. And I would go and visit him every other day because I work, and this will only mean anything to Jerry and Rob, but I work in Uniondale and my dad was in Setauket. So that's wow. a long way. <laughs> and so um, every day, some days it would take me two hours or more just to get to him because of the traffic, not because of distance from work. And so he was doing really great. And then all of a sudden I got the call that said, we have one worker who has been diagnosed with COVID-19 and we just want to let you know, we're doing, we're taking all the precautions and whatever. And I thought to myself, that is going to spread through that facility like wildfire. And I debated, what should I do? Should I go and get him? Because in my house, it's just me. And I thought, he'll probably have a better chance if I go get him. And it's just him and I. So I did that. Unfortunately, he probably had the virus already at that point. I brought him here on a Monday night. And on uh, Wednesday, he started just like he kept falling. I, it's very hard to pick up you know, someone from the floor when they're completely dead weight. And it was very hard for me. And I was able to get him up two times. But the third time he fell, there was no way I could get him up. And he fell so hard. He actually fractured two vertebrae when he fell. 
And I called the, um, I just called the fire department. I didn't call 911. And when they came, they took his temperature. It was 103. And they were like, they totally started freaking out. And they were like, he, he must have it. He must have it. And I'm thinking, what does that mean for me also at the time? Because I'm thinking, does that mean I'm holding his hands, trying to help him up off the floor and whatever. And obviously I have direct right. exposure. So they took him that day. And my only regret, I didn't get to hug him or give him a kiss because they picked mm -hmm. him up. There were three big guys. They picked him up. They put him on the stretcher and they wheeled him out the door before I even could think about what was happening. And they were like, you can't come. You aren't allowed to come to the hospital. And I was like, okay. And he was in there. He went in on a Sunday afternoon and he actually, they had called me and said, he really needs to be on a ventilator. And because of his age, he would never come back from that. He also had a do not intubate order. So they said, all we can do is make him feel comfortable. I just was like, Lord, please, if you're going to take him, take him right away. I don't want him to lay there and think, am I going to die? And he, he lasted until Friday, and the doctor was wonderful. She FaceTimed with him with me. And um, not many people know this, but my real name is Lila Lou, which I don't really like too much. But <laughs> when he, um, the day before he died, he lifted up his head, and he said, hi, Lila Lou, like he was you know, good. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, he's looks so much better today and whatever. And I thought, and she told me, the doctor told me, she said, I haven't given up on him. He's a veteran. I know that he has it in him. I haven't given up on him. And then the next morning she called me and she said, are you sitting down? And she literally burst into tears. And she said, I did everything that I could. And my heart went out to her because I know that these doctors and nurses and, you know, all of the hospital staff are doing everything they can for these people, yet the numbers are so high here. I remember the phone call I got when my dad passed away and he had been in hospice. We kind of knew it was coming. Weren't sure. Matter of fact, I had pushed back going to see him by a day because I was told it probably wouldn't happen for a few more days. And so I missed saying goodbye to my dad. Right. And Lila's story is similar. Um, and I think it's maybe even tougher when you experience loss like that. And it's not as isolated to you because there are so many people around the world, but particularly where Lila is, that are going through that same thing, that yeah, same loss right. with COVID-19. But as you can tell as a way she, she talks about it, she still has faith, she still has hope, and still is able to find joy. And we're going to find out more about that as we continue our conversation with her in just a couple of minutes. Wanted to make you aware of something that's going on right now, something that has come back. It's season 10 can you believe it? I know. Oh, I was talking about that on the air the wow. other day, season 10. I yeah. can't believe we've got that many of them. It's crazy. The local artist spotlight is what we're talking about. So if you are a singer, songwriter, you're in a band, we want to give you the opportunity to let your music be heard by Joy FM listeners. And you could possibly, if uh, you know, you get all the votes when the voting week happens later on this summer, you could be recording your next single with Jason Horde Productions. And uh, Jason knows... He knows his stuff. He, he was actually does. on an episode yeah, of, the, of, of yeah. the Find and Joy podcast, which I want to you know recommend you go back and listen to that if you need to know more about Jason. But 
If you want to put your entry in for the Local Artist Spotlight, all you do is follow the link in the show notes or just go to thejoyfm.com and under the Features tab, look for Local Artist Spotlight. Being in quarantine for the past couple of months has caused a lot of unexpected events in most of our lives. And according to crisis pregnancy centers nationwide, pregnancies are one more unexpected event many families are finding themselves in. Thankfully, ministries like Covenant Care Adoptions are here to help women and families all across Georgia navigate this circumstance with love and compassion. We are ready to serve these women and to serve them well. To hear more, go to thejoyfm.com slash jewels or anywhere you get your podcast from. And now we'll go into the, the next segment of our conversation with Lila. She had just talked about losing her dad, and now she talks about the the process afterwards and you know how she gets the word out about her dad's passing. When I went to put my dad's obituary, I was going to put it in the Bangor Daily News in Bangor, Maine, because that's what everybody reads in Maine. Um, But uh, they kept not returning my funeral home's calls. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to put it on Facebook because that's where all my personal friends are. And even at home in Maine, I'm friends with enough people from my church and from my town that anybody who needs to know is going to know because just because that's how it works in a small town. I got so many responses. And another finding joy is the people that I got responses from. Of course, you expect it from your family. You expect it from your friends. But people that I went to high school with Mm. and friends with on Facebook, but I don't get to see on a regular basis. I had one lady send me a message saying, I went for my walk today. And I felt led to pray for you and you only. Hmm. And I was like, wow, like God is really paying attention to my struggle because these people are telling me that they're feeling impressed to to pray for me. And wow, do I appreciate everybody who says they're praying for me. I'm like, just keep praying, keep praying, because it's them that's lifting me up. I've been in my house now for uh, almost two months all by myself except for my two cats who are like, stop hugging me, go back to work. (laughs) We don't want hugs from you anymore. (laughs) You know, you need the human touch of people. If it's just a friend that you haven't seen a long time and you meet them for dinner and you give them a hug, you miss that. You miss, yeah, and there are other people here, you know, they have family in their homes and stuff. So they actually have people to talk to. I don't have anybody to talk to, you know, other than on the phone or whatever, but it's different mm-hmm. than it is. At least even this, I can see you all. I don't know what I would do without FaceTime. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. honestly, without FaceTime on my iPhone, I wouldn't have been able to see my father in the hospital. And God bless the doctor. She She's giving me her personal number by FaceTiming with me, <laughs> you know? I mean, that could be scary for her. I just was blessed with the doctor that he had. She was so wonderful. You know, she was so concerned about him. And she kept telling me, he knew you loved him. He knew you loved him. And that meant so much to me. Like, so in all of this, when you're down and you're out and you feel, all I can think of is how these people who don't have faith, who don't know God, I I am so blessed to know that I know where my father is today. And my father's having a good old time. <laughs> I'm the one who's down here, you know, 
yesterday I picked up his ashes. And interestingly enough, uh, my dad was an airplane mechanic in the Air Force. And the Thunderbirds threw, flew over Long Island yesterday. Oh, and I said, oh. I'm taking that as my tribute to my dad. Yeah. But they flew over while I was in the funeral home. Oh, man. Oh, there was only oh. another thing that my father loved to do, and it was to go to McDonald's and get a chocolate shake. That was his thing. <laughs> so I went to McDonald's, and I got a chocolate shake, and I said, this is for you, Dad. You know, because I knew it was going to be a tough day. But again, I just felt like even the drive through is such a like, oh, I get to see a person. <laughs> and that small interaction of giving the your credit card and then picking up your food. It's like real people. I got to see real people. You can look for joy in everything. There's always a silver lining somewhere. My job has been such a blessing. They, they didn't even bother me when I was sick. They never sent me any work. They were just like, you just get better. And you know, you just worry about you. And so I'm blessed. That's what I can say is I'm blessed. My faith, is what gets me through. I don't know if you can see, but on yeah. my wall, yes. <laughs> it says faith. And I put that there on purpose because when you're going through something rough and you're thinking, is anybody paying attention? Because I just don't know how much more I can take. And that's how I had felt with my job. And even my childhood pastor would call me and say, I'm praying for you. I'm, what can I else, you know, can I do? Can I do anything for you? And I'd be like, no, just keep praying for me. And I do feel that prayer cover, you know, all the time. And it's really, really made me know that I know that God has me on his heart because he's putting me on people's minds to pray for me. It's a great story. It's a wonder. Yeah. I, if that was my story to tell, I don't think I could have made it through telling it as well as you just did. Hmm. Well, you know, I mean, we try to be somewhat articulate in in the radio business. <laughs> well, I, just, I mean, without breaking down, that you get through right. it without without I know without tearing up. I think it's you know, still so fresh. Said to me, uh, you know, you th you seem to be doing well, and honestly, I have not cried. Hmm. And the reason I have not cried again is because I know. I was blessed to grow up in a Christian home. My mom was a preacher. She considered herself a stand in the gap kind of person. So if, if the pastor needed a day off or he went on vacation, she would fill in. If the pastor two towns down needed a day off or vacation, she would fill in. If a church was between ministers, she would fill in till they found a, a minister. So, you know, she would say, if you clap, Lila will sing. Um, and I always had to go and sing. And my father, God bless him, he he was the person that went around behind my mother and picked up everything and made sure we had everything when we got in the car to go back home at the end of the day. So, like, he had his job, Lila would sing, and mom would preach. Both of my parents were, even my dad, at Christmas this year, he said to me, you know what I'd like to have is a new Bible. I'd really like to have that. And my best friend said, oh, can I do that? Can I get that for him for Christmas? And she got him a Bible with his name engraved on it. And he read, he was reading that every day, right up until he went. You know, so I was very blessed to grow up in a Christian home. Even all my friends in school, 
we were all Christian kids on a Friday night. We weren't out partying and stuff. We were working out harmonies to the song we were going to sing on Sunday. <laughs> but we did for, for fun and excitement. So, again, my friends, the, my family, I'm so blessed with their constant calling me. And they're like, are you okay? How are you feeling today? And so I can't, like I said, I can't be more blessed. I really, really am blessed. Mm. You know, Lila, you were talking about listening to Christian music during all of this time and and it getting you through all of this. Did you ever find that there was a particular song or a particular artist that really that God worked through to speak to your heart? Okay, so I don't know the artist, but the song is Symphony. I don't know the Switch, artist. Switch, yes, yeah. yeah. So the song, uh, you know, one of the major part is like, you know, even in the darkness. I, I can't think of the words, but basically what she was saying is like, you know, you're putting it all together, everything you're working, everything for my good. Mm-hmm. Going back to the law firms, when each law firm told me no, I was like, why? Why are they telling me no? I, like, I totally know what I'm doing. I've been doing this for many years. I won't say how many because then you'll know how old I am. Yeah. I've been doing it for many years and why aren't you hiring me? I'm willing to take less money or whatever. The one firm was not even half an exit from my house. Oh man. Minutes to get there and back. But God knew, God knew down the road. He knew that something was coming. And again, I don't know, cause I've, I've never not been in church. I've been in church since I was a baby. I've grown up in church and my best friend from home in Maine, also was a baby in church with me. I Like, I can never remember not knowing her. I literally grew up with her. Her father also passed away this month, mm-hmm. last week, as a matter of fact. And I said, as little girls, who would have ever thought that our fathers, who were friendly, our mothers were friendly, who would have ever thought that our fathers would die in the same month, same year, you know? But again, her the same way, if it wasn't for our faith if it wasn't for her, our faith. Lila, when this new normal, as everybody's calling it, uh, as we hopefully transition to somewhat of the old normal again mm-hmm. one day, what is, what do you think is going to be your biggest takeaway from this time? Because, I mean, you've, you've lost a lot, you know, uh, with the loss of your dad, but what do you think is going to be the biggest takeaway from all of this for you? I think my biggest takeaway is to know that people are just people and they're going to make mistakes and they're going to, you know, maybe sometimes say something that you don't like or do something that you don't like. But does it really matter? Does it really matter? Because, you know, you could say there are certain friends, you you know, well, she did something to me, you know, I'm still upset about that. And I'm not going to talk to her anymore. But why? Really, when it comes down to it, what's really important? Do you you care about that person? You cared about that person for how many ever years? And because they said one little thing to you, you're not going to speak to them again. I think you have to search within yourself and say, what is really important? These people, these people who have called me and written to me and made me feel loved during a time of loss, how, how how can I look at these people and how can I love on them back? 
What can I do to make their day brighter? Um, even the young lady who sits next to me at work, when I first started there, I must have asked her a million questions. Where is this saved? Where do you have that saved in the computer? I think I probably drove her crazy. Every time she turned around, she smiled at me, whatever. She's one of my favorite people in the world now. And anything I can do for her, I would do for her now. You know, and, and the relationships that I've established and have had happened since this all happened, even the people at the, at the assisted living where my father was, there were people who would talk to me there, aides and, um, you know, the reception person, we would talk about my dad or whatever. Those people are just people and they're trying to do their best every day. They're not out to do anything to me or hurt me in any way. And even if maybe sometimes they're quick with me because they've got to answer the phone or whatever, they're just people and they're doing their best, just like I'm trying to do my best every day. And so how can I love on them and make it easier for them? I actually offered to one of my friends, if you don't get your unemployment check and you can't pay your rent, I will pay your rent. Why? Because this person's important to me. They're important to me. They, they're my friend. I care about them. Obviously, I can't do that for everybody, but maybe I could do it for one person and make a difference in that person's life. And, they, and then maybe somebody else might see that and go, wow, why does she do that? Why does she do that? Because God's telling me to do that. It's my faith. It's my faith ultimately in the end. It's a wonderful attitude wonder, and a wonderful Absolutely. outlook. It took me a long time to get here. <laughs> I'm not without flaws, that's for sure. I could tell some stories. Yeah, yeah sure. Gary, <laughs> you could probably write a book on a lot of people, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> Memory like a steel trap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, you mentioned Lila's attitude through all of this, and it is just just something to behold you yeah. know when someone has dealt with the loss of their father which all of us have dealt with you know it is man that is the one of the biggest transitions you can make in life really yeah. you know the um the loss of my dad is one that i can remember um just vividly and i was not in a good place of faith and I, I think that we all have to, when we come to our faith, there are some times in our lives that we have to deal with in retrospect, you know, and we have to come to terms with things. And sometimes, you know, we're, we're still a work in process and we just have to pray that God would make things better in our lives so that we can see where his hand has been there with us the entire time. And I feel like there's a very popular song that's being played on the Joy FM right now called Waymaker mm -hmm. that is, I don't know, it just really speaks to the heart of that notion. And the lyrics go, even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. Mm -hmm. And I just, I have 100% faith in the fact that that is who our God is. Scripture speaks to that too. You know, and when our faith is all that we have to hold on to, you know, there's that peace that surpasses understanding that can just envelop our hearts 
and help us to to move forward into this next phase of life when we've lost someone. Hebrews 11.1 1 talks about our faith, and it says that now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Lila talked about her dad having a big old party. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And as we all know, for those of us who follow Christ and have put our faith in him, that's what's promised to us is just this incredible scene in heaven that we can only think about with our earthly, fleshly minds, but it is going to be just it, just as that peace that transcends understanding, I think heaven is going to transcend, it, it transcends our understanding, oh, sure. just yeah. how amazing it is going to be. So for Lila to recognize that that is, that is where her father is present right now, at the feet of the Lord, it is, um, that is comforting. It is. And she mentioned, my dad's up there right now having a good old time, and I'm still stuck down here. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so we look forward with anticipation, yeah. eagerly awaiting that day when we will be not only present with God and with Christ, but with all our loved ones who have gone right. on before. Mm. Right. Yes. Yeah, and that is comforting. Absolutely. Absolutely. Coming up okay. two weeks, well, if you're listening to this on the day it comes out, two <laughs> weeks from now, on May the 21st, the next episode of the Finding Joy podcast, it's going to be stellar. It's going to be excellent, exciting even. Yes. Yeah. Compelling. Right. Nail-biting. Edge of your seat. <laughs> we have no idea who's going to be on. <laughs> Because COVID-19. Right? Oh, we have wow. a couple of people on the hook. We've got a couple of people we're talking to, and I don't want to mention any of them right now just because you don't know what's going to happen. But we will have another wonderful episode where we focus on the joy that we find all around us, whether that's here in Georgia where we're based or Long Island, New York, or wherever it happens to be. Right. There is joy, and there is joy to be found in a relationship with Jesus, and that's what we're focusing on. So if you want to be notified when the next episode comes out, you can subscribe on Apple, Google Play, uh, Stitcher, all of the fine podcast locations. And you can also be checking our website, thejoyfm.com, where we'll have it there as well. And if you can give us a review, five stars, that's going to be my recommendation. Not four for and three review. quarters. No, no. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's going to be the rating, yeah. the, <laughs> the review, just kind words. You know, yeah. If, yeah. you know what, if you, if you don't have kind words for what we're doing, send us an email and let us know what we can be doing better. Finding joy podcast at the joy com. You can also find us on social media, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and, uh, yeah, we've got links to all that on our website. And of course, if you have a suggestion for a future yeah. Finding Joy podcast, let us know. You may know someone that has a great story to tell. We would love to talk to them about that. So hit us up, Finding Joy podcast at thejoyfm.com. And as always, thank you so much for allowing us to hang out with you here today on the podcast. And we will see you on May the 21st for the next episode of the Finding Joy podcast.